You're listening to The Common Good Show, a show designed to inform, inspire, and empower our listeners and entrepreneurs. Whether your goal is to live your best life, achieve business success, or foster a safe and healthy community, we bring you a holistic approach. And now, here's your host, Juanita Farrow. Welcome to The Common Good Show with Juanita, a show where we inform and inspire and empower our communities, our businesses, and our listeners just like you. I am your host, Juanita Farrow. I am so excited about the show that we have for you today. It's about building psychological resilience for everyday challenges and potential traumatic experiences. Sounds like something you need to know about, right? I know I do. And we have the perfect guest who is going to talk to us about that today, Dr. Samira Davenport. And let me tell you a little about her. Dr. Sam, as she's called, is a licensed professional counselor a nationally certified counselor, and she is also certified in EMDR, and that means eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. She currently has a private practice and works as a lecturer for a university. She specializes in treating traumatic stress, complicated grief, phobias, depression, anxiety, and infertility. She works with children and adults ages five and older, groups, families, and couples. She previously worked as a crisis counselor and an employee assistance program coordinator for a major fire department. Please help me welcome to the show, Dr. Sam. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sam. Hi. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am so, so excited to have you on the show today to talk about something that is so important to so many people. Yes, yes. So psychological resilience. Yeah. Um, and so tell us exactly what, what that is, psychological resilience, and why should we be you know, concerned about that? Why is that important? So we face challenges, adversity in everyday life. Every time we turn around, there's something challenging us, right? Mm -hmm. So how are we coping with that? How are we facing that? Psychological resilience is essentially our ability to bounce back after that adversity, right, Mm -hmm. to positively adapt. Yeah. And it used to be thought of as a trait, Like, oh, like you're Mm -hmm. born with it. It's something that, you know, you either have or don't have. But over time, they've realized that you can learn psychological resilience. Mm. Wow. So it's all about having the right information, the right tools to use in order to bounce back from certain situations. And you're saying that sometimes a lot of people just don't bounce back and they sort of get stuck in that situation. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. We get stuck in, like, how we think about things. So Mm. it starts very early on. Like, we have this Mm -hmm. perception, these beliefs about how things are in the world, and we just kind of get stuck in them, and we move through life, and we think that's how things are supposed to be. That's how things are. And then, and it's not until, like, someone questions it or we question it, and, and we're like, wait a minute, like, things can be different. I can look at this a different way. That is very interesting. Now, you say that there's a difference, and we need to understand the difference between positive coping and negative coping. And what do you mean by that? So many times when we're faced with adversity or some type of challenge, we go to things like drinking or using drugs or even just denial that there's a problem or Um, you know, kind of becoming like a workaholic or um, many people will go to the extent of self-harm or running away from Mm. the issue. Those are Mm -hmm. all negative coping skills, right? So positive coping skills would be like Mm -hmm. getting to understand yourself, getting to know yourself better, managing that stress, managing that anger you may experience, you know, learning to forgive yourself and learning to forgive other people. Hmm. That's really interesting. So it's all about learning new coping skills to deal with those situations, things that are more positive. And I guess we learn from that. Well, we sort of, um, our views are influenced by the experiences that we have in life. So if you've had a lot of negative experiences or things have happened, you sort of look at life that way. Is that, is that what we do? That's absolutely true. I mean, it's almost like it's learned behavior, essentially what it is. Mm, and okay. we learn it very early on from, you know, mm. our role models, our parents, the adults around us. We learn how to cope. You know, we see what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. if they experience something and, you know, it, they have these, like, extreme emotional reactions, we believe, like, oh, that's how I should react when something happens. Wow. Wow. That's really interesting. You know, we are going to dig a little bit deeper and ask you, there's so many things that I want to talk about on the show, and we are going to, to talk about many of those things. And so we're going to take a short break now, and when we come back, we are going to hear more from Dr. Sam about building psychological resilience. That's the key word, resilience, for everyday challenges and potential traumatic experiences. You've been listening to The Common Good Show with Juanita, and we will be right back. Welcome back to The Common Good Show with Juanita. And this today, I am talking to Dr. Sam, and we are talking about building psychological resilience for everyday challenges and potential traumatic experiences. And Dr. Sam, I wanted to ask you, you specialize in something called EMDR. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about that and exactly how does that work, eye movement? I want to hear more about that. So EMDR, um, the Veterans Administration or the VA has approved three modes of therapy for trauma. Um, prolonged exposure, cognitive processing therapy, and EMDR. So EMDR is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And, you know, 
this is they still aren't exactly sure of what mechanisms are at play mm-hmm. that make this work, but people, including myself, I've seen like phenomenal results for for people who use this therapy. Um, essentially, what happens is you can use um, rapid eye movement, you can use alternating hand tapping, you can use alternating tones um, in people's ear to engage in an external stimuli. While people Mm. are engaging in that external stimuli, they are internally processing their trauma. Hmm. So they have this traumatic material and they have negative beliefs about themselves mm-hmm. as it relates mm-hmm. to the trauma and it mm-hmm. essentially kind of like accelerates the treatment of trauma. Now you're saying, for instance, sort of give me an example. When you say tapping, so it would be, this. Okay. Uh-huh. so the, the tapping could be they would tap on um, – on each leg, um, and just mm-hmm. that alternating moving, movement between right, left, and the same thing with, it's called bilateral stimulation. It would be your eye move, and that's typically what's done. It would be mm-hmm. eye movement from right to left. Mm-hmm. And people, some people believe that it mimics um, mm-hmm. rapid eye movement, which, um, mm-hmm. which happens in your sleep. So REM sleep, mm, they, REM believe sleep that it, uh-huh. they believe that it, it mimics REM sleep where you can unconsciously process traumatic material. But, you know, they're not definite. They're not definitive mm-hmm. on what it, you know, the mechanisms at play, but um, that's what some do believe. Mm. But what happens is you're able to process that material with not that traumatic mm. material without having to go through, like, years of therapy. Um, typically, people will see results in just a few sessions of EMDR. That, this is absolutely fascinating. You know, I didn't associate the EMDR with REM or the rapid eye movement in our sleep mm-hmm. because we've heard about the rapid, rapid eye movement and how that part of your sleep at night tends to be a very healing part of your sleep where you dream mm-hmm. and you process information more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that, that is very, very fascinating. So they're still researching how this works or how this is is working the EMDR so there've been right. studies on it or something or there there have been numerous it. studies but okay. they haven't okay. concluded anything quite yet gotcha gotcha great Great. Well, I wanted to ask you about something because, you know, we are always concerned about what's happening in our workplace, and we've seen many times where there are situations in the workplace that can become extreme or sometimes even violent and dangerous, and there's always concern about that, um, especially in this day and time. So I I want you to talk about behavior in the workplace and how some of the trauma that a person has been exposed to maybe plays out in the workplace. I mean, how how does that happen um, in in our workplace and, and what exactly does that look like? So it can play out in a number of ways. Typically Mm -hmm. what we'll see is that person will start to um, 
they will like shrink in. They will not socialize as much. They will not engage with their coworkers. Um, they will. You will see um, periods of anger more often, or periods of frustration. Um, mm-hmm. And so, in those situations, you know, it's important to know that you know, hey, we have the supports in place for someone who is experiencing some type of traumatic stress or just everyday life stress. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, many companies have what's called an a, um, employee assistance program, an EAP. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this sometimes will be an outside source or uh, it can be someone in-house of that organization where that employee could go to and talk to, and um, hopefully they're a licensed therapist, um, and just kind of like address some of those issues. But there are also things that employers can do to Mm -hmm. encourage, you know, that person in, in dealing with that stress or traumatic stress. So is this what the you said that the employers can do in addition to the employee assistant program? Is that some type of one-on-one with the person? Or what, 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 what other things could an employer do? So encourage social support. So okay. it might be team-building efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be making that work environment more conducive to social support. Um, Good leadership is so important in these Mm. situations. Um, I see a lot of people who talk about, well, my my supervisor is a micromanager. Well, that's not Mm -hmm. conducive to people, you know, engaging in social support or feeling, like, valued. So that's an important key, good leadership. Um, Time. I'm seeing so much, so many more employees who are saying, you know, I have mandated overtime. Well, if Mm, they have mandated overtime, how are they spending time with their family who, Mm -hmm. you know, or their loved ones or their friends or doing things that they enjoy to minimize some of that traumatic stress Mm -hmm. or some of that everyday stress? Mm-hmm. So it becomes counterproductive to require so much work without having any kind of, you know, um, you know, downtime or relaxation, and because the stress that 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 is involved with that has to be tremendous for most people. Absolutely, and then that you know you you're speaking to self care essentially. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know we're we're wow. putting an, yeah we're putting an emphasis on production. But mm-hmm. production is increased when self-care is increased. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you, it, it's important that we identify this kind of behavior, if possible, um, beforehand. I'm, I'm sort of thinking about a situation that happened several um, months ago in Virginia where um, a young man walks into his workplace and he starts shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously a very, very, uh, you know, uh, traumatic situation there for those, um, those coworkers that had worked with him. Not sure whether or not they saw any signs or whatever, but, you know, um, that is a, is a, a horrifying um, event. So, you know, it's important if, we, if possible to recognize something, because most of the time there might be signs, uh, would you see signs sometimes or maybe not? 
sometimes you see signs, sometimes you don't. But mm-hmm. you bring up another valid point that with increased shootings that we're seeing and increased mm-hmm. violence, that do people have that external feeling of safety in their workplace? Mm. Uh-huh. And yeah. if they don't have that external, how can they internally feel safe? Oh, that's an excellent. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. And I'm sure that more and more employees are feeling the need to have that kind of security. So it's something that all businesses should be at least talking about to help mm-hmm. their employees understand what they're doing to secure their safety in that workplace. Absolutely. Yes. Great. Great. So. Exactly. You talk about assessing our own functioning. So how, I guess that's sort of like a self-assessment. Tell me what that looks like. How does that work? So this, this goes a couple of different ways. Um, mm-hmm. Of course we have to look at those negative coping skills that we talked about. And there's, I sure. mean, there's so many of them. You know, you know when you're util- utilizing some type of negative coping skill. Mm-hmm. Um, we know because of the consequences. So we have to look at those things. Um, but it also... You know, one thing I, I, I really work to teach my clients is about negative beliefs about themselves. We, mm. we never really think about that. What kind of negative beliefs do you have about yourself? We look at everyone else. We look at the mm-hmm. world. But so many people are walking around with, um, you know, I don't like myself because, you know, I believe I'm, I'm not smart or, you know, I'm not worthwhile or I'm not important or I'm not valued. Whatever, you know, this negative belief they have about themselves, is, is it, you know, penetrating different areas of their life? Because mm-hmm. you'll see it over and over again in things you do. So really look at do you have negative beliefs about yourself? Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, though, is that if we believe negatively about ourselves, then that plays out in whatever we do in our day-to-day life. It plays out in how we see the world, really, or the environment around us. Absolutely, yes. It, it, I mean, it takes a toll on every single mm. thing we do. Wow. wow. It, 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 and, you know, I see it so much. A lot mm-hmm. of it is people have, you know, beliefs, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. So when faced with traumatic experiences, you know, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve love. Um, wow. I'm ugly. You know, I'm permanently mm-hmm. damaged um, or, you know, I can't protect myself. You know, that's one I see quite often or I'm not safe or I'm powerless mm-hmm. or I'm not in control. People yeah. have these, these negative beliefs about themselves, but we're never taught to, like, look inward and figure out what is guiding my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's powerful. But you say that we already have these psychological strengths that could help us. And so we mm-hmm. need to understand what those things are. Can you talk about those? So psychological, psychological strengths are things that we do every day. 
If you go to work every day, that says a lot about you. If you go to work and you manage a household and you, you take care of your children and you cook for them and you clean and you do all these life tasks, that says a lot about who you are. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, you have dreams, you, you, you want to do better with your life. You know, you can, you can multitask, you can accomplish things. Those are psychological strengths. So many times we look for things outside of ourselves. Look for what you're doing every single day. Wow. That's what I makes you that. strong. I absolutely love that because typically we would focus on the major things, the big things, the big accomplishments or things like that. And you say it's the small everyday things that we do that we, we don't even think about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. How, how many of us are juggling like 10 things at a time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Working, raising families, um, you know, we're, we're doing it all, this sort of the superpower, and we're not giving ourselves credit for all that we are doing. Instead, we may be beating up on ourselves that we're not doing enough because doesn't society make you feel guilty sometimes that you should be doing more? Mm-hmm. We make ourselves feel guilty too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And so give yourself credit for the things that you are doing. Like you said, getting up every morning and taking care of the family and and working. I mean, that shows a tremendous amount of strength. Now, what what is shadow strength? Is is that what shadow strengths are? What what exactly is that? So shadow strengths are things that we look upon negatively that also that may also be strengths. So let's say someone is depressed, right? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. if we're depressed, that means that we have hopes and dreams, but we're not living up to them. So your strength is that you have hopes and dreams. If you have anxiety, it means that maybe you pay attention to detail, that you're careful and thoughtful about your actions and behaviors, and Mm -hmm. so you want to do it right, but it creates anxiety. So there's a plus to these things that we look at negatively. Oh, I like that. That's really, really interesting. So it gives us something to think about there, just looking at things differently. Mm-hmm. I like that. And, and that's part of building psychological resilience too, being able to look at things differently. Wow. Wow. So t- tell us what psychological resilience is. When we say psychological resilience, what exactly does that mean? So essentially, I'm just my my thinking is resilience. That the, my psychological makeup, I'm able to bounce back from adversity. I'm able to know that I have um, accomplished things before, and so um, or or things have things that have come about. I've been able to handle them. I've been able to deal with mm-hmm. them, and so mm-hmm. I've become resilient. Mm-hmm. So they don't necessarily. Um, set me back to the point where it it affects my functioning, my everyday functioning. 
Wow. And so isn't there something inside of all of us, I mean, just, you know, human beings in general, that, that, that it may be buried deep inside of us, and sometimes we just need something to help us bring out this maybe an innate trait or something that we all have. I think we all have it. We just, yeah. we, we don't realize we have it. Oh, we, yeah. You know, when we think yeah. about when we think about things, we focus on the negative. Mm-hmm. Part of therapy is helping people look at things differently. Wow. You know, we when, yeah. when, think about the last thing that happened to you, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh Typically, we think about that negative thing. We hold on to it. It shapes us, but. We somehow that those positive things that have happened to us, we kind of get lost in those things. You know, we don't wow. really, like, yeah. focus as much on them. We, mm-hmm. we let the negative things define us more than the positive sometimes. Wow. You know, I, I'm a believer that there's much more positive or good in the world than, than bad or evil, as you might, whatever you want to term it. But we, we are conditioned to focus on the bad things. And, and there's so many good things that happen. You probably don't hear that much about them or we don't talk about them very much, but they're there. Mm-hmm. But then you turn on the TV, you see all of the negative stuff and you sort of get tuned into that and believe that that's, that's what the world is like, and you, don't, you, you sort of forget about all the good things that happen on a day-to-day basis. Yes. Yeah. So you th- there, there's a, a relationship, a correlation between um, psychological resilience and self-efficacy? Yes. So many times mm-hmm. we'll hear about um, self-esteem and things mm-hmm. of that nature, but we don't hear mm-hmm. as much about self-efficacy. Self-efficacy mm-hmm. is the belief that you can succeed in a particular situation or on a specific Ooh. task. Love so, that. Yeah, so do we believe we can handle this adversity? Do we believe that we can handle these life events? You know, have we handled them successfully before? Mm-hmm. So, so it's more or less you know, your belief that you can yes. do something. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm, I'm, I start um, playing a violin. You know, this is random, but let's, I'm, I start playing mm-hmm. a violin, right? Mm-hmm. And I notice that I can learn to do it, right? So then mm-hmm. I'll believe I can do other things related to it, like, um, play the piano, I have more self-efficacy to be able to do those things, right? Ah, yes, yes, perfect. Yeah, that's, that is great, yeah, that belief. And so you, you say that there's a role also in cognitive flexibility and mm-hmm. understanding the relationship between thoughts and the feelings and actions, understanding that is really important. What do you mean by that? So there's a relationship between thoughts, feelings, and actions. Mm-hmm. So if I change how I think, The way I think affects how I feel and behave. If I change Mm -hmm. how I think, I can change how I feel and behave. So I always give the example of 
I've experienced, you and I, we've experienced some type of adversity, right? Mm -hmm. So your reaction to it is you're very calm and you're like, hey, like I can handle this. You're, you know, you have this like very calm demeanor and I'm all over the place. I'm hysterical. Well, the Mm -hmm. difference is we've perceived it differently. Right? Okay. So your your train of thought is this is something I can handle. It's not a big deal. I've been here before, mm-hmm. you know, anything along those lines. And mine is this is the worst thing ever. And you're thinking about I'm thinking about all the negative things. Like this is going to mm-hmm. set me back, right? Well, then that shows in how I behave. I'm erratic, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mm-hmm. all these negative feelings. Those things are related. So what happens is people if if we encourage cognitive flexibility, right, so where people are flexible in their thinking, they don't get, you know, trapped in tunnel vision. They don't get, tra- they don't get trapped in people must do this or I must do this or I should do this. You know, we can say things like I would like to, but when we get caught in these musts or have tos or shoulds, I mean, it causes us a great deal of anxiety or even jumping to conclusions. That's exactly what I was thinking is the anxiety associated with that because we're projecting what this be, you know, what, how things should be. And so when they're not that way and we feel like we're losing control, then, you know, we're either depressed or anxious. And so mm-hmm. all of these emotions start to stir. But some of that isn't some of that, you know, as we were saying, learn behavior, you know, those coping skills maybe that you learn or didn't learn from even your childhood and how things worked in that household perhaps or what you were taught or how, um, you know, maybe your family responded to certain situations. And they are. They're, they're all those things, but we don't have to be stuck in them. Wow. Love that. I and, love and, that. And think about it. I'm sure you've done the am I tripping test where you call like a girlfriend or a guy friend and you're like, am I tripping? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's, they're helping you think outside the box. Now, they just don't go along with everything. <laughs> you know, we all need one of those phone a friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's the test there. So, yeah, you know, I, I really love that. So how we think really ha- can make a difference in how we respond to things. So getting in touch with those thoughts, you know, why am I thinking this way? Or, you know, um, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen sort of thing? I mean, that's not kind of sometimes what I have to find myself doing is when I start getting anxious about something, just calm myself down and say, okay, now what's the worst thing that could happen? It can't be that bad. I am safe right now. You know, I'm, I'm alive. I'm well, <laughs> you know, and start mm-hmm. going down that road. And then all of a sudden you start Okay, it's going to be okay. It's really going to be okay. Yes, but that's if you have positive beliefs about yourself. So to go back to those negative beliefs, if you believe that I'm helpless, I'm powerless because you've seen it so many times in your life or you've learned Mm -hmm. this behavior, that those thinking patterns, then it's more difficult for you to get out of it. Wow. 
So we, we've talked a lot about the issues and the problem, and that's important because we start identifying these things, and as we start to identify them, then maybe we can, you know, start to look at things a little differently. You know, why am I responding this way, or, you know, where did this come from, or whatever. But there are some things that we can do, maybe perhaps starting with our children and helping them to um, build psychological Resilient. So what can we do with our children? Start them at an early age to build this. So one of the things that I try to, because I love working with my little people. Um, oh, wow. But I, I work to empower them. Yeah. So give okay. them a voice. And I know it's difficult as a parent. I struggle with this sometimes as a parent. But give them a voice in some things. Of course, some things, you know, is, are beyond, you know, what they should be involved in. But give mm-hmm. them a voice in making decisions. So mm-hmm. let's say it, it could be something as simple as the outfit that they want to wear that they want to wear that day. Okay, mm-hmm. do you want to wear set out two outfits? Do you want to wear this outfit or do you want to wear that outfit? Give them, give them small choices, and you can start wow. that really young. That you know? is really and, interesting. Give, yeah, give them a voice. Make, have them make choices. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's and, good. And, and even, like, um, you know, school is back in, and so every day I ask my little one, you know, hey, you know, what kind of choices do you want to make for the day? Like, who do you, what do you want to accomplish today? You know, what do you want to get out of today? You know, things along those lines so we can get them looking towards how they want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. and making those conscious decisions before they go into situations so it's not reactive, it's proactive. Wow. You know, I was just thinking about something. Um, my, my grandmother, um, who passed away many years ago, but she mm-hmm. was really um, about helping young people. So recently at the, in the area where I grew up uh, in North Carolina, we established um, a, a children's fund in her memory. And oh, wow. part of the goal of that children's fund for the church, where she was for so many years and she taught the young people, Part of the goal is to help children with life experiences, a lot of things that they don't get nowadays in school. And so it's exposing them to real-life experiences and showing them how to respond and behave and to do things differently. It's taking them on field trips and letting them have their own meetings and make mm-hmm. decisions in those meetings um, about what they want to do. <laughs> and, you know, and so it's really – it, it's been really interesting. The feedback that we, the family members have gotten, is that you can see the difference in these children. They seem to be more, really, more engaged in things, and they seem to have a, a different, a more positive outlook on things, and they get okay. excited about that. And so I, I'm just really excited about that. But it sort of reminds me of what you're talking about here: is is letting kids you know, make decisions about different things because if you teach them young, then they're going to grow up feeling empowered. I love that. And self-efficacy, a lot of what you're speaking to is self-efficacy. Wow. You know, and they're seeing results, they're seeing outcomes Mm -hmm. from, you know, positive outcomes from 
these situations. And so they're going to believe that, okay, if I engage in these things this way, Mm -hmm. I can get Mm -hmm. positive outcomes as a result. Wow. You know, this is something we, we just don't talk about enough and because there are so many people, you know, um, children as well as adults and, and many adults who are just stuck in their situation and they don't really have the right information or the right tools to really be able to move forward. So I'm so glad that we're doing this show because it's helping all of us to understand you don't have to be stuck, as you're saying. You don't have to be stuck in that situation. Yeah. And stuck in fear. A lot of us will uh, will yeah. move through life and mm-hmm. base what we do, you know, on fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're responding to the fear. Yeah, I get yeah. that. And it's such a, um, it's such a low energy, a low vibrational energy uh, within us is, is just looking at things through the lenses of this fear that we have in our lives, fear that something's not going to work out, fear we're going to fail, fear people are going to talk about us, all of these things that we, we have embraced that we really don't, don't need to embrace. <laughs> um, right. This is really... This is excellent. So we're, this is a lot of information to process, but we're going to take a short break now. And when we come back, um, Dr. Sam, I would like for you to talk to the listeners just about some simple steps. You know, speak to that person who may be out there now listening to this show going, you know what, that all sounds great, but here's my situation. And, okay. um, you know, and, and they're kind of like at a loss as to where to even start dealing with something. So help them to understand maybe some simple things that they can do to sort of get out of that situation. Okay, so we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. You've been listening to The Common Good Show with Juanita, and I've been talking to Dr. Sam, and we've been talking today about building psychological resilience for everyday challenges and potential traumatic experiences. I want to take a break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Common Good Show. Wow, we have had a really exciting show. Um, Dr. Sam and her wealth of experience and providing us information to really help us to be resilient. So Dr. Sam, I want you to come back and talk about um, some simple steps that we can do to help us build our own psychological resilience. Okay. So... We've talked about cognitive flexibility. I think that's mm-hmm. an important step, just being able to, um, you know, be flexible in our thinking and be able to think differently and do the, you know, mm-hmm. am I tripping tests when needed? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's important. And then work on problem solving. How do I solve problems? You know, what do I do? And maybe that includes you simply writing out a pro-con list or, you know, running it by people who are supportive of you and just understanding Mm -hmm. the dynamics of it. But figure out how you problem solve because Mm -hmm. that will help you when future adversities occur. The other thing is work on coping. Now, mm-hmm. you know, we, this is something I don't think we, we give enough credence to. How do we cope? Mm-hmm. 
that mm-hmm. it may mean that we have to like think outside the box and think about you know po- other positive coping skills that we may not have considered previously. Mm-hmm. So how do we cope? Increasing those things. Um, the one of the big things is utilizing support from others. Mm. Social support. Social support has been associated with, you know, good mental health functioning. We mm-hmm. need people. We're we're not alone on an island. You know, we we need to. But that means you have to be a good support to people too. There has mm-hmm. to be a balance. You know. Uh. So you can't just draw all the support for yourself and not be supportive. I mean, you don't want to do that. I mean, that sort of ruins relationships. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many other factors that could happen there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people, some, some people want to be able to support you, and you mm-hmm. have to be able to want to support other people. Yeah, 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 and that's, it, it, that's you know, sometimes we think it's sometimes we think it's money, but mm-hmm. it's not always money. Sometimes people just want to talk. They just want mm-hmm. someone who will listen to them. Or, you know, if I'm in need, like you'll come down the street and, you know, be there for me or whatever it is. But, you know, find people who are supportive of you and, you know, really grow in those relationships so you two will have each other. Wow. And so you try, uh, those are four things that you mentioned that we can do, simple steps that we can take in sort of, um, you know, getting out of the situation or thinking differently or being able to move forward. Now, suppose none of those things work for us. I mean, suppose we're, we're, we, we can't really figure out how to do that or it's not working. When, when would you know that you need some additional help, maybe some professional help? When things, I call it backpacking. When Mm. things have become so great, when, let's say you have this backpack on your back, and Mm -hmm. every time you have an issue, an adversity, a traumatic experience, you throw it in this backpack. Well, what happens after Mm. a while? This backpack starts to weigh you down, right? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. then... uh, Hopefully it doesn't just explode and you become so angry or you think about self-harm or you think about violence, right? Hopefully you don't get to that point. But what therapy does is allows you to take those things out the backpack at your pace, you know, and be able to process them, be able to deal with them with a supportive person, I love that. Wow. That's that's great. Great. Perfect perfect example for that. So, I guess the bottom line too is that we should never be um reluctant or afraid to ask for help. Um we need to ask for help. It's it's okay. Yes. You know, there's been so much stigma surrounding mm-hmm. mental health. Yeah. But yeah. it really is beneficial. I mean, mm-hmm. it really does. You don't have to be like they say. You know, they stay crazy or something's mm-hmm. wrong with me. Sometimes you just need a supportive person there to listen to you. You know, uh, that won't pass. You know, um, you know. Sometimes our friends are too engrossed in the situation. 
um, and they're going to, you know, be on your side no matter what. But mm-hmm. sometimes we need someone who is nonjudgmental, who doesn't necessarily, you know, move with you in everyday life to be there and listen to what you're saying and to help you unpack some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes friends may tell you what you want to hear, but not necessarily what you what you need to hear. Sometimes it's hard to do that with a friend, so we just right. we kind of go along, you know. <laughs> Even if it's mm-hmm. not healthy for them, we, we support them in that kind of behavior. So you're right, mm-hmm. someone that's objective sometimes is the best is the best way to go. Oh, this is excellent. Excellent. Well, tell the, tell the listeners how they can find out more about what you do or if they want to reach you after the show. So my website is Dr. Davenport Counseling, D-R-D-A-V-E-N-P-O-R-T, Counseling, C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G.com. And then I can also be reached um, by email, Dr. Davenport Counsels, D-R-D-A-V-E-N-P-O-R-T, C-O-U-N-S-E-L-S, at gmail.com. I can be reached either way. Yeah. Well, great. Thank you, Dr. Sam. This has been excellent. I, I love talking about these issues because I know that there are so many people out there now that dealing with stuff, and we, we really want to give them some tools to really help them in a very difficult time in their life, and that's exactly what you've done today. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, great. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to The Common Good Show with Juanita. And you can catch us every week on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at WDJY 99.1 FM out of Atlanta. Or if you are outside of the area, www wdjyfm.com. Click on the link and join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to The Common Good Show with host Juanita. 